As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Clemson is your 2016 national champion. Clemson dethroned Alabama on Monday night, and we are going to talk about it on this brief and special episode of The Audible. I'm Stuart Mandel, joined by Bruce Feldman. This is The Audible, and let us set the scene a little bit. It is 4.22 a.m. after the national championship game. I'm in Bruce's room. He is packing because he's leaving. Wrong idea, by the way. No, he is, uh, he is packing because he's leaving for the airport in like a half hour for a very, very early flight. It was a, an amazing game. I think we can agree on that. It was also a very long game which is made for a very long night, but we wanted to make sure that we gave our thoughts to you guys before we went our separate ways. All right, Bruce, yes or no? Best national championship game you've covered? No. no. You're going to stick with USC Texas? I am sticking with USC Texas, which I thought there was, there was great drama, big plays, crazy plays uh, the whole game. Uh, I thought there was, you know, it was Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush against Vince Young. What I saw today was Deshaun Watson against a great defense. I don't, you know, I don't see, I, you know, I've said this before. I, Alabama was a terrific team. To me, Alabama was never in the discussion with Miami of 2001 or a Nebraska team or, you know, even quite honestly that USC team that, you know, it, just because I think their offense was so limited and you saw that tonight. So, look, I gave a lot of credit for Clemson. You know, that was my Pick going into the season. Yeah, congratulations on that. Congratulations to Clemson. They did the work, and I thought Deshaun, Deshaun Watson was awesome. So you wrote about him. Where is he on this? Like, if there's a Rushmore, and I know that means four. Right. Where is he on the greatest players you've covered? Well, so I wrote, I did. I wrote about him kind of establishing himself as one of the all-time greats. And, the you know, I feel a little – I have a little egg on my face in that I've been – you know, I always thought he was a good player. I always downgraded him just a bit. For the interceptions, or frankly, at the start of his career, because just I didn't have that much respect for the ACC. So he was doing it against the NC States of the world. No offense to NC State. But this season, we saw him beat Urban Meyer and Nick Saban back-to-back to win the national championship. And, you know, I, I think what's amazing, and, and I wrote this, Alabama, not only had Alabama won 26 games in a row, 
But that defense over the last two years has basically shut down everybody it faced. I mean, the Johnny Manziel tearing them up days, that was a long time ago. Basically, you play Alabama, they're going to murder your quarterback. And two years in a row, Deshaun Watson had these huge 400-plus yard games against him, against them. He didn't wasn't as much of a runner tonight as he was in last year's game. Uh, but I thought he was a more poised passer. No interceptions. We gave him so much heat about that this year. And so, yeah, I mean, I will say this flat out. I sincerely regret having not voted for him for the Heisman. He was the best player in college football this season. Well, you would have voted for him now, um, but you weren't even close to voting for him. It was, it was I had him third. Yeah, yeah. second. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Okay. It was all about the interceptions. I got really hung up on the interceptions. And... You know, there are intangibles, right? It's not all stats. And I think you've seen, I mean, you definitely saw it tonight, but I think we've seen it over the last two years. Like, it's not a cliche when they say the guy is a charismatic, natural leader and guys gravitate toward him. Uh, I was in that Clemson locker room afterward. I think those guys would go to the end of the earth for him. I mean, the way they described that final drive, Deshaun coming out and just saying, all right, guys, let's go do this. Let's go be, let's go, you know, make a legend. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little more of a cleaned-up PG yeah. kind of version of Vince Young, I think. Like, Vince Young, where the whole thing was, you know, I'll get on my back. I'm going right. to carry you. I feel like Deshaun Watson is a, I don't want to say squeaky clean, but he's, you know, he's he's a great student. He's the kid who's graduated fast. He's the kid who does all these great things off the field. Uh, at media day, I was making a small talk with the backup quarterback, Nick Schusler, and he said... Um, He's the most, he's the least entitled person I've ever met in my life. And, you know, he started talking about all the stuff he does and outreach and different work, you know, and like just random kids come up to practice and Deshaun Watson always makes a point to high five them and connect with them. Um, so on that front, I think this is a cool story of, you know, he didn't win the Heisman as, as Dabo said, uh, how did he put it? The Heisman, you know. He said he didn't lose the Heisman. The Heisman, Heisman lost, lost on him. him. Yeah. yeah, which is a great quote. It is a great quote. And Dabble was on fire tonight. I'm sitting there with, like, I have my, you know. You were on Alabama duty. Yeah, I was, and that's the way it felt. And um, I took a fastball in the back for you, and you had the Clemson. And I'm waiting for you. In fairness, the- until one second left, we didn't know who was going to the winner or the loser locker room. But as I'm watching, as I'm, like, coming up, like, they have the press conference piped in. And I'm like, almost everything out of his mouth was gold, you know. And so, it was a good deal. I mean, I, I thought it was a, it was a, it was a fun night. Like you said, it was a long night. Um, I feel like I saw two great games in the span of a week because I saw the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl, which was great. Now it obviously didn't have the same stakes, but there was a lot of drama. There was more big plays than that, and so. Um, this was a year where I clearly thought we got the two best teams, clearly. And well, wouldn't you say that's been true two years in a row? Like, if we had had the BCS instead of the playoff, would people have been all that upset if it was Alabama-Clemson each of the last two years? Um, I should know this off the top of my head, but was Clemson, Clemson was number two and Ohio State was number three. Right, because so, they won the conference yeah. and they passed them. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it takes you back to the days when, like, it was always, I don't know, Miami, Nebraska, or like when Miami was going to the national title game every year, you see them play, uh, or Colorado, Notre Dame played two years in a row way back when. Um, you know, they kind of, these two teams developed a, a rivalry, even though they have, you know, they don't normally play each other, and they're not in the same conference, at least on the Clemson side, I don't know about the Alabama side, I mean, 
they spent the entire 365 days obsessed with getting back and getting another shot at Alabama. Deshaun Watson, 36 of 56 for 420 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. On the flip side of that, Jalen Hurts, 13 of 31 for 131, one touchdown, no picks. Watson did have a fumble uh, that's not accounted for there. That was, was that a bad that snap? That was a bad snap, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Alabama. Uh, I, I always agreed with you when you said, you know, they, they're, they're a great team. They're not in the all-time great discussion. And part of it was you just never knew if, if they were that dominant or if the SEC was that mediocre. And I think we kind of got our answer tonight. Now, I will say Alabama did play very good defense for, for three quarters. And it's possible if Bo, Scar- Bo Scarborough, who is playing very well, doesn't get hurt, and they still have him as an option on offense, um, that they've managed to bleed the clock out before Clemson can do what they did. But instead, they couldn't run the ball. They certainly couldn't pass the ball, with the exception of one great pass to O.J. Howard. I mean, it was just a wide open. And they just basically wore out their own defense. I mean, I think you would agree, right? There was a point in the third. I think we were coming down the elevator. They were still 24-21 at that point. Mm -hmm. Clemson drove, and I said, they're gassed. Uh, they, they, I don't know. Oh, Andy Staples was with us. He's like, the Alabama screwed. They, they're get, get totally gassed. They can't stop them. Um, I don't know. We talked so much going into this about the Sark Kiffin storyline. Do you think at the end of the day that had a factor? I don't. In fact, you know, Tim Williams. Thank you, because Tim Williams kind of saved my story. I don't know because it was going to stink. It didn't stink quite as much because he was gracious and, and dignified in answering everybody's questions. It was kind of the voice of the conscience of the Alabama team in the locker room. Uh, somebody had asked him, do you think it had any impact not having Lane Kiffin there? And he said, no, not at all. You know, he said, Kiffin's a good coach. He said, but ultimately, you know, he said something along the lines of, you know, Nick Saban has the final say in everything. And, you know, I mean, you look at it, they, if you don't have Bar Scarborough, maybe a different story. They scored thirty-one points. They did. I mean, it's uh, kind of weird. It doesn't. It does like. At one point, they were averaging like ten yards a rush. Okay, Bo Scarborough finished with sixteen carries for ninety-three, and Jalen Hurts. I actually don't think ten she, carries for sixty-three. Here's the weird part of this. Like, I don't think Jalen Hurts played that bad of a game mm-hmm. because they dropped. You know, Garrett Dieter dropped that one big. You know, pass. Another. There was another drop. You know, they don't. The the weird part is, I don't feel like he was. You know, he's definitely not where he needs to be for, as an elite quarterback in college football. But it's weird because you look back and he was like the SEC player of the year. And you're like... He was the first team all-SEC quarterback. And I definitely remember at some point on the podcast us talking about, well, if they go undefeated, he might, he might, be, a Heisman, he might be a Heisman yeah. finalist. I do think he regressed uh, in the postseason. I don't think there's any question about it. It just felt like once Scarborough was out, it was like, how are they going to do this? Now, to his credit... He did. He got the ball back. He completed that long third down pass. And the next thing you know, he's running for a 30-yard touchdown, which is – that was what we had been missing in these playoff games that we saw from him during the season. I think of the LSU game, the nothing-nothing game going to the fourth quarter. I mean, he could make big plays uh, with his feet, and he did that. Um, you know, I think that – I'd still have all the respect in the world for the Alabama defense. Reuben Foster was had an insane game. Uh, it feel, felt like he was everywhere. Jonathan Allen, I mean, these are great players, but it makes you wonder, right, if if they had had to face, I don't know, 
you name a gauntlet of quarterbacks, maybe that they would have had to face during the year. I mean, besides the one they did. The, I'm not saying the ACC would have beaten them, but if you look at some of the quarterbacks they would have played, I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson's really good. You know, Mitch Trubisky's better than anybody else they played. I don't think UNC would have beaten them. I mean, Brad Kaya is better than a lot of those. Guys. Clemson went through this. I mean, Clemson played Lamar Jackson. Uh, they did not play Trubisky. They, they played, played Peterman. They played, played Jared Evans. Evans. Yeah, and everybody got on them about the pit loss, but Peterman's a pretty good quarterback. He's a pretty good quarterback. And I just think at some point in the season, an interesting stat, they become the third straight champion in the playoff era that lost a home game. You know, and, and all of them were to teams they people didn't think they had business losing to. When you play 15-game seasons now, yeah. I think you're, that's going to happen. Um, so you don't think Kiffin's going to end up getting blamed for this? I don't think so because ultimately, you know, I, I, I don't know if I wrote this. At one point I wrote it, and I just don't know if I didn't delete it, was I do think this was a case of Alabama didn't lose the game. A lot of times college football, they lose the game. Deshaun Watson, and I got this vibe even from the guys who barely wanted to talk, like they lost to a great player. Yeah. And, and it's not like it was just a one-man team. Like, you know, just in thinking this, like I don't know if I would have a Rushmore where Deshaun Watson would be. Like, my, my, the, the, the most dominant player I've ever seen, at least offensively, in college football is Cam Newton. Deshaun has a way better team than Cam Newton had around him. Like, Cam Newton had Nick Fairley, and that was... Cam Newton also played one season. I know, but I'm just saying that one year. I'm just, just using it in terms of that. Whereas, Deshaun has way better receivers. I mean, I mean, it's not even close. And... They have more D linemen. I mean, Fairley was a great player, but nobody else around him. To me, he goes on a very short list with our friend Matt Liner, Hall of Fame inductee Matt Liner. Um, guys like him. Uh, this list is going to be that short, by the way. I can see it now. Oh no, it's going to be pretty short. <laughs> I'm not. You do yours, and I'll. I'll... But I want. I want to say the criteria. It's it's about the career. I'm not talking about, okay, so you're, you, you're, you put you're, them against each other, and they both Cam Newton out of the way. go through an NFL combine. Who would look better? No, no. College career, right? The guy won two ACC championships, played in two national championships, won a national championship, yeah. two-time Heisman finalist. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think most importantly of all, and this is what I wrote about, he didn't do this at Ohio State. He didn't do this at Alabama. Clemson hadn't won a national title in 35 years. They were heading in the right direction when he got there. Right. Taj Boyd won an Orange Bowl. But he took them and turned them into the best team in the country and and knocked off the, the, the giant of our time in Alabama. So... To me, that's what will always stand out about Deshaun Watson. Not many players just transform a program the way he did. Did Vince Young do that? I mean, they, they fell off after he left yeah. somewhat. They no, Vince Young would be on that short list. Time. There's no question about it because he, same thing, right? He, Matt, he, he slayed the, the dragon. Matt, yeah. Tebow? Tebow would be on that short list? The, the thing with Matt, I don't want to discount him. Matt had, other, a, you know, like Matt had another Heisman winner in the backfield. Thirty-four wins in a row. Oh, I know. Thirty, I think thirty-eight and two as a starter. Deshaun Watson finished thirty-two and three as a starter. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We there are other players for Clemson, and, and I want to mention one in particular. My favorite Clemson player, Hunter Renfrew. If you have a boy, it's going to be Hunter Mandel. <laughs> I mean, how how amazing is it that the game-winning touchdown was a five-star recruit, Deshaun Watson, throwing to a very lanky, undersized former walk-on receiver, who has now... And I you know, think, by the way, the other two players involved in that play, both uh, Tony Brown, a five-star cornerback, who got, who got like, kind of picked out of the way, and Marlon Humphrey, who just got, like, 
you know, rumbled into by Artavis Scott. Hunter Renfro had 10 catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns against Nick Saban's band of four- and five-star future pro linebackers and DBs and defensive linemen, and he had a big game against them last year, too. And if you have ever seen this guy in person, like, we can't stress enough how physically, I don't want to be mean, but, like... Physically ordinary he is. Ordin- like, he... I, I looked up a picture of him um, what, during the game, and he was doing an interview in, like, um, sweats. He looks like a cross-country runner. Mm. Uh, he looked like one sitting up on the podium after the game. But, man, that guy will not be popular in Tuscaloosa for the rest of his life. He just he killed them two years in a row. Who knows? Maybe he'll end up being a coach, and he'll coach at Alabama. Just like the inverse of Dabo. The inverse of Dabo. Dabo is the, the crawl-on, as he says. Yeah, I don't think Davo ever did anything in his playing career quite like what Hunter has done. Hunter's not a walk-on anymore. We should be clear about that. Um, so let's spin this forward a little bit. We're, you know, this is the first time Alabama has actually lost in one of these championship games under Saban. Obviously, they lost in the playoff a couple of years ago. Where do they go from here? What are we looking at next year with Alabama? Um, you know, Hurts be, should be better. It's his second year. Um, you know, they still have to, they still get Calvin Ridley because he's there. You know, it's like some of those guys felt like they, they kind of drifted off when the passing game went away and they're going to have to replace Cam Robinson. My guess is Jonah Williams flips over to the other side. I mean, their defense will still be loaded. Um, you know, one of those things that you, I heard in the locker room, again, Tim Williams made this impassioned speech in front of like a lot of media members to Rashawn Evans, you know, you have two years left. You don't ever forget this feeling. And what was crazy about this is, I was like thinking about it, this game reminded me more and more of the Miami-Ohio State Fiesta Bowl, because I didn't think it was that great of a game for the first half, and then it ramped up and it was crazy at the end. But it was also the, the, the only other locker room that I've seen that was just like, this, you know, just crushed to this level was the Miami one. And I remember there was like one guy who really was kind of, I don't know if he was the voice of the team, but like would just talk about, remember this feeling and all this stuff. And, you know, to be honest, Miami never recovered from that. They were like in a tailspin from there. I think Alabama, Nick, Nick Saban's not going to let that fall apart the way that did. But the whole remember this feeling, this is what's going to drive you. You know, it didn't, it didn't get built this way overnight and it won't crumble in one night. So... I think they'll be, you know, I still think they're a class. You know, you just you just did your preseason top 25 already. They're number one. Where's the next best SEC team? You know, that's interesting you said that. It's, let me load it up. Is it LSU at 12 or 14 or whatever they are? There, there's. Is it Auburn? It was not LSU. Um, okay, so yeah, first of all, Alabama, I have number one. Ohio State, number two. Clemson, three. I don't know how you – I hate to do that to Clemson, but replacing Deshaun Watson's going to be yeah, – they're not, they're not just going to overcome that so easily. Uh, USC 4, Florida State 5, Penn State 6, Washington 7, Oklahoma 8, Oklahoma State 9, and there's your next SEC team, Auburn at number 10. Shortly after that, I have Georgia and uh, LSU and I think Florida. So, yeah, I expect them to, to roll on. I don't – I don't expect them to have a hangover from this. They certainly didn't from the Ohio State playoff loss. But it's interesting that you said they were so crushed because 
Now, granted, you lose a, with one second left. You are yeah, that's going to do it, I guess. But like you said, they won twenty six in a row. I think they thought they were going out this way. Yeah. The Miami. I was in that Miami one in O two. Uh, Ken Dorsey was. Ken Dorsey like kind of hung in and did the interviews, and then as soon as they closed the locker room of the media, he went out the side of the front door to his parents and just broke down sobbing. What I remember before that, before that, Jonathan Vilma, who was now on TV, really like had a meltdown on the field. Like a guy tried to take his picture, and he was just not having any of it. And you know, I remember that. And it's like you know, we are, you know, we cover the sport, but at the same time, you know, there's that cooling off period. Like, there was a moment before, as the game, you know, there's that, that long one second where there, you know, another review, they're reviewing the onside kick. And I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it might have been Marlon Humphrey was kneeled on the ground. And I was happened to be standing right by. He was on the opposite side of where, you know, basically the same side where the touchdown was, but I happened to be standing right there. And, like, three photographers, and this is their job, so I don't fault them for this, but they kind of, like, position themselves around I was like, thought about that for a second. I'm like, that must totally suck because you're having this really emotional moment. I don't know if he was, I couldn't, I really couldn't see if he was crying or not. Like his, his eye black was all smeared all over his face. And I was just thinking, it was like, you know, do you want to be seen as crying and sobbing? Cause that's the kind of thing a lot of people mock, you know, it's like when that. And so people are taking, you know, coming in, crowding in to take pictures of it. And I was like, man, this sucks. You know, and I was like, I'm just going to, let them do whatever they have to do and get out of this. You know? but it, uh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've, some of the, the most heartbreaking or crushed locker rooms I've covered, losing locker rooms have been in the basketball tournament. Because when you think about the basketball tournament, right, you're thinking we're going to win this game and go on to the next round. And so if, like, the number one seed loses in the Elite Eight, and all of a sudden, oh, your season's over. Right. right? These teams knew their season was going to be over tonight either way. In the basketball tournament, it's like, you lost, your season's over, go home. Uh It'll be interesting to see how they recover from that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the next generation of Clemson looks like. And we've talked a lot about Alabama's defense. I mean, Clemson's defense was the, – the reason Jalen Hurts didn't have a great statistical passing game is his receivers were always covered, and he was always under pressure. And I give him credit for a true freshman. He doesn't, like, he doesn't throw the, you know, the awful interception under pressure. He'll throw it away, right. or he'll scramble and, and, and get a few yards before the play is over. But uh, those guys up front for Clemson were just in the backfield constantly, and that's the part that's not going to change. As long as Brent Venables is there, and they'll just keep reloading, right. and they'll win with defense. But you know, boy, you two more years of Dexter Lawrence if you're in the ACC. You can't wait till he's, he's yeah. Uh, I don't think this. Is, I, I'll be interested to see how their quarterback battle plays out because this is a tall task for whoever takes over. And Hunter Johnson, who's like, you know, was the Army All-American MVP game MVP on Sunday, he, or on, on Saturday, and he got to Clemson on Sunday. You know, he's a really talented thrower. He's a pretty good athlete. He's a mid-year guy. Uh, Kelly, got I'm like, not saying, so like Kelly Butler, what is Kelly's last name? Is is the fastest of the guys. He's 6'3", 215. He's very talented. Now I'm blanking on the other guy I even interviewed, uh, who's, who's a retro freshman who they like. So they have some some options that I think a lot of people would like to have. And we know they're still going to have, even without Mike Williams, we know they're going to still have some really good receivers there. By the way, an epic stat that came out from ESPN during the game. The 97 to nothing? Yeah. 
Alabama was 97-0 under Nick Saban when leading by double digits entering the fourth quarter. So that's the first loss. I also thought it was crazy that with 14 minutes left, it was 24-21 Alabama. A year earlier, with 14 minutes left, it was 24-21 Clemson. And they both kind of escalated from there. I probably was a little presumptuous in saying it was, or not presumptuous, I was a little recency bias, if you will, in saying I think maybe it is the best one. No, was, now you're walking it back. No, but it is the best ending. I mean, we went down to the field, what, with like, we got in the elevator to go down with like seven minutes left. Yeah. And in that time, we saw, once we went down on the field, right, we saw... You might feel differently if you were at, like, if you said the best ending, you might feel differently if you are like, the Boise State-Oregon game. No, I'm saying the best ending, I've covered 18 national oh. championship games, and this was the craziest ending in terms of all the, all the momentum shifts back and forth. The I mean, some of the catches Mike Williams made were ridiculous. Yeah. The catch that uh, Leggett made on the sideline right in front of me. And then even the premature celebration, right? With one second left, we all run onto the field to do the interviews, and they have to get us all to come back off the field while they review that onside kick. That seemed to go on for an eternity. So a lot of craziness. Uh, I see you yawning, as I am internally. Um, I just want to also say that I thought Tampa did a really good job as a host of this event. And, um, you know, that doesn't get talked about very much with football as it does in other sports because we've just gotten used to these things same being cycles, in the same yeah. four cities. This was a new one. This was a, a new stop. And I thought, you know, everything was downtown. It felt like I've covered a lot of Final Fours, and it felt like that in terms of you couldn't go two feet without running into somebody. Yeah. Not just media, but commissioners, ADs, TV people, uh, bowls, people from other bowls. Uh, the, just the whole industry convened here, which was really cool. The fans were all downtown. Credit to Clemson fans. They greatly outnumbered Alabama fans. I would not have expected that. And, uh, you know, I'd never been to Raymond James Stadium. Fun stadium. My only complaint would be that those locker rooms are smaller than yeah. an NBA locker room and were really hard to get around. But otherwise, uh, great great time here, wouldn't you say? I would. No complaints. I mean, I thought it would be a little, little warmer, but that's okay. You know, um, I thought everything about it went went really well we we had a great game which is all we were you know hoping for so i think it was a good ending to it where do we go from here what happens now the season's over i go to the coaches convention in about an hour yeah and what are you hoping to learn there who's going to be the next cal coach uh no i won't learn that there um i'm hoping to network yeah so that cal thing threw us for a little bit of a loop yeah i mean you with the with the Risk of being this being moot at the time. Is Chip Kelly going to Cal? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, think so. I think he can wait for a for you know ten months if he wants to be a college coach and get way better jobs. So, but I do expect them to move fast. I I would think they would have a coach in place by Thursday. Wow. So you'll go to the coaches convention. I'll go home. I have an eight and a half hour journey home with two stops along the way. It's. Uh, not ideal, to say the least. That was the only bad thing about the game being in Tampa. Hey, we want to thank all of you guys for listening all season long. And we apologize this isn't a very long episode, but please, it's 4.48 in the morning. People need to sleep. Um, we thank you for listening all season long. We're not ending it. You know, We'll continue to do these, maybe not quite as frequently. We'll do at least one a week, though. And maybe one later this week, depending on when you get back from the convention. And... Uh, We'd love to answer your emails when that happens. So send them to 
the Audible pod. I'm just thinking about people are going to be listening to this going, oh my God, he sounds like he's half asleep. Yes. Um, the Audible pod at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. You know what? End of season would be a great time to give us a review on iTunes. Those help get the word out. Yes, a positive one, a five-star one. All right, Bruce got to go to the airport and I got to go to bed. 